In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. Now, you can learn more about Cinda on www.cinda.org. Now, we don't only bring you thought leaders from all over the world. We also have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the series, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data protection and regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. So listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. specific time. And if you miss us live, don't worry about it because we are on every major podcast platform from Apple to Google to Stitcher to Spotify. We're all over the net. So just look for Leadership Beyond Borders. Now, I also invite you to connect with me and send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or go to the website leadershipbeyondborders.net and send me an email. Let me know what kind of subjects you want to hear on this show. But if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we'll make sure you take away something useful either for your business or for yourself. Now, on to today's episode. I mean, we've all noticed that consumer behaviors have drastically changed in the last 24 months. We can observe this on foot traffic. When we watch foot traffic in the grocery store, the airport, or by simply walking in any city center, we can see how consumers have changed their behavior. But what we don't see is the consumer behavior changes online. Sure. We know our own behaviors, and I know myself, I've changed my online behavior. But unless you own a business with an e-commerce shop, you probably don't always see the overall changes in online consumer behavior. But if you do own a business, even if you do not have e-commerce, you should know that there are changes in consumer behavior and thus how search machines are reacting. This knowledge is very important for the success of your business. And today we're going to speak with an expert in this area. Our guest today is Dwayne Forrester, and he is the vice president of Insights for Yex, a leading technology company. Yex is a New York technology company operating in online brand management. It offers brand updates using its cloud-based network of apps, search engines, and other facilities. The company was founded in 2006. Dwayne has over 25 years experience in the search and social fields. He is the author of How to Make Money with Your Blog and Turn Clicks into Customers, 
published by McGraw-Hill. Along the way, Duane has worked in marketing and PR with Caesars Palace, run his own website communities, has done consultancy for small and large enterprises and publishers online. His past work also includes nine years with Microsoft and Bing, where he helped run their Webmaster Tools program, as well as the SEO program at MSN. And in between the bookends of Yex and Bing, Dwayne ran operations for Bruce Clay Incorporated, one of the oldest names in digital marketing. For several years, Dwayne's focus included writing for searchengineland.com, moderating and holding conferences, and being a board member with Sempo, where he founded the in-house committee and Sempo's annual industry salary survey. So, Dwayne, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Kim. I am excited to uh, to be hanging with Cinda again. Yeah, this is so great. This is so great to have you. So let's just kind of start a little bit general. You know, I've noticed myself, my behavior online has changed um, and consumer behavior has changed. And, you know, since mm-hmm. the pandemic, what what have you seen changing in the online world? So we've like, I mean, we've seen everything change. There was the obvious obvious switch that happened in life in, I will contain this to first world nations, Mm -hmm. but globally there was a major shift online. Um, Some regions probably a little more adoptive of online faster than other regions. Um, No real shock. You know, Europe generally tends to be ahead of the curve uh, on mobile adoption versus North America. Um, So like those types of things still played out, but consumers didn't really have a choice. Suddenly it was groceries on our doorsteps. It was, if you didn't have Amazon Prime, now you needed Amazon Prime. It was all of that scenario. And, you know, there was a joke running around for a couple of years. You know, it was, um, you know, who led your your um, uh, digital transformation efforts, right? Was it your CEO, your CMO, your CTO, or COVID-19? And Honestly, there's some there's some reality to that joke for a lot of businesses. Everybody had to show up. Everybody had to make the change. And now I will call it two years afterwards. We're a little bit past two years. Yeah. Um, we're starting to see things kind of float at different levels again. Um, as you know, you kind of alluded to this, where you know more of us are doing more back out in our communities now. Um, I feel. Despite I live in Southern California and the area that we're located in, um, our county is telling us that COVID is on the increase again right now. So we you know, have to be careful. Um, there are no mask mandates yet, but the numbers indicate we're going to get back there this summer. Um, it doesn't really change my calculation. I still like going to my grocery store and mm-hmm. I will do that with sensible precautions. In fact, when we wrap up this show, I'm going to get my second booster shot. Just to cover that. So, you know, it's like everyone's making these decisions and to different degrees, we're venturing back out into the world. Mm-hmm. However, our expectations have changed dramatically. So typically we would see generational change on impacts to businesses. And that includes, you know, the brands that your parents loved. You're not quite so in love with them because you know, like you didn't like your parents' music, you liked your own music and it, everything flows that way when you're a teenager. You're, you're mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. 
Yeah, your anti-parent <laughs> choice, and that influences the choices you make, and then the brands you attach to, and it influences what you do in the future, where you spend your money, and all of that kind of thing. Yeah. And the pandemic like took all of that and supercharged it, and it brought it immediately to the forefront, because what ended up happening was this really weird mix of... We all knew that older generations spent their time differently online, but then newer generations were literally handholding older generations throughout the pandemic and kind of getting them up to speed. Because where an older generation may have simply gone to do the groceries at the grocery store once a week, and that's the way life was, they no longer could do that. And so suddenly, being exposed to the ability to type a word in a box on the website at the grocer and find all of these products that are similar to the one you would normally put in your cart, that was a world of discovery for millions and millions of consumers. And it just, it changed that landscape. And now we're going back out into the world. You know, if you're a local business, um, you're seeing it again. You know, we all use our phones to find stuff, even if it's just stuff around us. Mm. I happened to take my dogs to the pet sitter this morning, so we would be dog-free for the show today. <laughs> and um, I, I know the owner of the business. She is a friend of mine, but I am unaware of exactly what hour she opens her business at. I know it's ungodly. That's what I know. <laughs> I didn't know the number, however. And to my surprise, it was 7 a.m. local. It's five after seven. I'm in my kitchen thinking, oh, I can go do this now. Great, I'm gonna go do this now. Yeah. And that type of awareness, that accessibility, it creates two sides. One is my ability to solve my problems and answer my questions and all of the data that's required. And on her side as the business owner, it there's a requirement now that I need your data and I need it accurate and I need it now. So you telling people or changing the sign on your door or updating your website, that's not enough as the business owner you have to drive every point of data in order to satisfy my needs. And we've seen this. I've, the data is out there on the backside of this um, uh, pandemic. It's very clear. Customers are willing to pay more money for better experiences. Mm -hmm. They are literally, the surveys I'm seeing, 80% of respondents are willing to pay up to 7 8% more for a product or a service to have a frictionless experience. Mm -hmm. And, and Dwayne, when you talk about this data, it brings me to a question, um, how important it is for the small businesses. But, you know, many of us, and one of the behavior, consumer behavior changes I think we've seen, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, is that more people are, are pre-searching and, and pre-looking for information um, online before they even go out. And, and that is that, you know, could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So there's, um, so I'll class, like that's the top layer, uh, what you're describing there, Kim, but there's like a meta layer below that, that we'll get to in a second. Mm -hmm. And, and so this is very true, right? Um, everybody who wants to make a purchase of some kind, whether it's digital or, you know, in person, they're going to do the research on it. Um, I do this, you do this. I think every one of our listeners engages in this in some way. And that research can take many forms. It may be that you know the product, you just want to find it locally. So your research may be in Google Maps looking for businesses you know would sell the product. So it's not about the product itself, but the end goal and conversion for you revolves around a product by brand name. 
Um, there's a layer to this of uh, there's a layer to this of um, people who are trying to figure out what the best solution for something is. So they don't know a brand name. They hope there's a solution to their problem. Now they've gone kind of down the rabbit hole and discovered, oh, there's multiple solutions. Well, which is the best? Which is the most affordable? How do I define best? Um, you know, what's my timeline look like? Is this urgent? All of those types of things come into play. And there's so many adjuncts to this that, you know, we're talking about reputation plays a role. We're talking about your content playing a role, the type of content you have. We're talking about how people came to you, whether they came to you during the day at work on a desktop or a laptop, or was it on their mobile device? Um, all of these are factors that are now a part of the equation. A lot of them you have no control over as a business. So you kind of have to have everything ready to go for any eventuality. Mm -hmm. um, it's, um, it's, it's an extremely um, complex time right now for businesses to try to solve these problems. Yeah. And it doesn't get easier. It doesn't get less complex. It just continues. A question that I've been asking a lot of clients that I work with lately is, you know, do you think that your programs that you're running internally, digital marketing, reputation management, um, you know, customer relationship management and so on, do you think you're capable of keeping up with a company like Google and the data they have to actually make their decisions. Mm -hmm. and, and you know what, that, that, uh, I, I just want to come to that. So you're mm -hmm. asking people this. Um, I, I'd like to talk about this. We're going to take a break in a minute and I'd like to dig into this because I'm catching one of the things that you're saying is, is this data, the reputation, the content is so mm -hmm. important, but it's so difficult to keep up with is what you're saying. It can be. I mean, a lot of companies, I just recently went shopping for a product and it's very technical. Everything is done in millimeters of measurement and it fits very specific to a, another product I have. So I need data that is highly accurate, detailed and clear. Yeah. I land on the website. They tell me this should work. Um, okay. Should doesn't make me feel confident when we're dealing <laughs> with like fractions of millimeters, right? Like, and if we're breaking something down, if it is that the material is that defined, why can't you be that clear with me? Yeah. And it's because the product people handed the information to the marketing people in a company and those marketing people went, yawn, that's pretty boring. Let's just talk about how great your life will be with this product. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to ship you 50 bucks, get a product, and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. <laughs> this is not a good space to be in. And so many companies are in that position where yeah. they're lacking that detail. They're lacking those those answers to questions. And you know what? I, I, I just have to – we have to take a break now, but I just want to mm -hmm. do a quick story. Um, I ordered from a very large U.S. home improvement store. I won't say what. When, <laughs> when, when I was in the U.S. in April, I ordered a new microwave because mine broke. Mm -hmm. And I went on to the store's website. I picked the one I wanted because it had to be very specific. I went down to the store. I ordered it. It was supposed to come in a week. Of course, it came in eight weeks later. Mm -hmm. I just got back to Europe, to U.S. from Germany. I walk mm -hmm. in because the guy who takes care of the house put the microwave in. It's the wrong microwave. Okay. Yeah. I go down. I go down to the home improvement 
store and you talk about accurate data, they had the wrong picture. The serial number right. was right, but it was a wrong picture there. And so, <laughs> you know, I mean, I yep. get it, you know what I mean? So um, we're going to- The struggle it, is real. The struggle <laughs> is real. Yeah. And um, so, Dwayne, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, I want to talk about that content, that reputation management, you know, how, how important that is. Okay. And our guest today is Dwayne Forrester. And he's the vice president of industry insights for Yex. And Yex is a leading New York City technology company operating in online brand management. It offers brand updates using cloud-based network of apps, search engines, and other facilities. Uh, Dwayne has over 25 years experience in search and social fields, and he is the author of How to Make Money with Your Blog and Turn Clicks into Customers, published through McGraw-Hill. And if you want to reach out to Dwayne, you can go to Dwayne on his website, www.dwayneforrester, and on LinkedIn under D. Forrester, and also on Twitter under Dwayne Forrester. And if you want to learn more about Yext, um, you can go to www.yext.com. Yext is on Twitter, on LinkedIn, and Instagram, and on Facebook, and all over the net. So please take some time and look up Yext. And this show is also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda will be holding its next conference in Florence, Italy, uh, from October 16th to 18th. And you can join them and you'll get to learn, the, get to know the YEX team because they will be in Florence. And with that, we're going to take a short break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Bullock. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're speaking with Dwayne Forster, and he's the vice president of industry insights for Yext. And Yext is a leading New York City technology company operating an online brand, management, content, brand updates. Its cloud-based network of apps and search engine machines and facilities help companies be successful. And Dwayne is also the author of How to Make Money with Your Blog and turn clicks into customers through McGraw-Hill. And Dwayne, obviously, if you wrote that book, How to Make Money with Your Blog, okay, then you know a lot about content. So let's, let's and, and, and I just told you my little story of wrong content, okay? Correct, let's yes, talk, yes. Yeah, let's talk about content. I mean, how how important is, what is relevant content? Um, you know, what what kind of role does this play for both a small business and an enterprise? Yeah. Okay. So first thing I'm going to call out about content that's really important is that book. Nobody should go buy that book at this point. Okay. It's <laughs> almost a decade old. So things have changed from there. Um, but if you do want it, there are some things that are useful. Um, but I'm just warning folks up front. Okay. Um, but when you're like, when you're a business, so I want, I want everyone to be thinking about it from this perspective, Kim, um, you need to think about what is a search engine mainly focused on. Um, now I'm going to take the obvious joke here about revenue off the table. Like we know that it's all about money. That's mm -hmm. fine. Um, but ultimately in order for them to get there, they have to satisfy a requirement. And that requirement is ensuring customers get what they're looking for. And if you think about this and we'll just pick on Google, I used to work at Bing, but Google has a longer history. So we'll, we'll use them as the example. Oh, and they have bigger market share and deliver more traffic. So there's that as well, okay. I guess. Um, but if you look at Google's history, Google has been around 20 years. Um, they've trained, when I say several generations, I'm talking probably on the order of five to 10 generations of people now in what it means to ask a question and get an answer. Now, as human beings, we are not taught to ask questions as keyword phrases. We are taught in school to form full sentences and use proper grammar. And because that's what we learn at a young age, we tend to translate that to what we do in search, or at least we want to. But over the last 20 years, Google has said, hey, lazy human brain, I can give you a shortcut. Just throw some words in this box, I'll give you an answer. And they've gotten really good at it really good at disambiguating things and figuring out what you meant by left or right and this kind of this kind of scenario and the reality is that businesses are operating under this assumption that people will search for their information and that's not at all what people are searching for people are searching for the answer to their question every time that may be i need a new microwave that may be, how do I tie a bow tie? That may be, 
How do I get tomato juice stains out of a white rug? Spoiler alert, buy a new rug. There's your answer to that one. Um, but the reality is if the content is not there, then Google will attempt to bring back the most reliable answer because its goal is always customer satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And I want every business to understand that last statement. Google's goal is customer satisfaction. That's their number one focus, the customer experience. So we'll talk about this in a few minutes. We'll talk about core web vitals on the technical SEO side. We'll talk about um, reputation management. We'll talk about reviews. All of that, all of it comes together and supports content. It's not going to do you any good if you do not have an answer to a question or worse, between your content team and your marketing team, you decide that what you wrote is enough of an answer for a customer because that's not the case. And I can assure you, here's a great example of this. Mm -hmm. Last year, I bought a new coffee maker for our house here, right? We're in the middle of pandemic. I'm getting my coffee shipped into me. I'm not going to shortchange myself on a good drip (laughs) coffee maker. Like this is life. Okay. And uh, do all my research, find the one that I want, except I'm looking for a very specific piece of information because I know the height on my counter under my cupboards, and I need to know if this coffee maker will fit. Mm -hmm. Now, unfortunately, every reseller of this product only lists the size of the shipping box that it comes in. I think we can all agree I'm not going to keep the box on my counter. (laughs) Right. So, you know, that somewhere in there is an inch, maybe two of that height measurement that doesn't apply. But I don't know what the actual measurement is. The box is actually too tall to fit in the space that I have. But does that mean that the coffee maker is? I don't know. I ended up having to chase the manufacturer on social media and essentially shame them into someone taking the measurement on one of their products and sharing it with me so I could get my damn answer. (laughs) It should not be that hard. Now, I bought the product. Their warranty is fantastic. They're great to do with. The product is fantastic. I would buy it again in a heartbeat. But it shouldn't be that hard for any customer to get an answer to a simple question. I say it's simple because when I'm standing in my kitchen trying to solve my problem, which is the need for a new coffee maker, I really don't care what hurdles you have to go through as the builder of the product. Mm -hmm. That doesn't matter. It's my money and my problem. You come to me. So when you're thinking about content, I need everyone thinking about topics, not keywords. I need everyone thinking, oh, okay, coffee makers could put. I need a new coffee maker. What is the journey of getting a new coffee maker? And when you can identify that, and to help you guys, I'm going to call out a resource here. Um, Google, uh, if you go to thinkwithgoogle.com, a great resource. They produce a lot of white papers. The one that you're looking for is called The Messy Middle, and it is an excellent white paper. It's about two years old now, but the data is still relevant, and they've updated it a couple times. Um, But it really goes into detail explaining the research that they did in uncovering what today's customer journey actually looks like. It is not linear. I want you to think of a ball of yarn that was rolled up by a four-year-old and then project managed by a kitten. And 
that <laughs> that ball of yarn at that end result, that's the customer journey today. Yeah. So you very much start to understand that on the journey to getting that coffee maker, there's not only you know explicit pieces of information that I'm looking for the measurements, how many cups, how long will it keep it warm for, will it auto-brew, are there different settings, and so on. I'm also looking for the reputation of the company. I want to know if I've, you know, I've never heard of this brand. Are they a good brand? Well, since I'm here wondering about this, are they a social brand? Like, do they support social causes? And if so, what causes? Because if the brand making my coffee maker is responsible for 40% of carbon emissions in the United States of America. Mm. I'm not buying their product. Mm -hmm. Like it's that simple. And consumers are always making those decisions today with all of that information. So your content actually has to move in that direction. And pro tip, pro tip on this one, gang, video, massively important. More people want video. I talked about how generations are getting trained on Google. It's not just happening on Google, okay? I want you to secretly, because I will not see it, but secretly raise your hand if you spend time on TikTok. I know I do. Uh, sometimes lose three, four hours an evening there. And uh, it's interesting, let's just say. However, there's a reason for that. Because brands are there, they're showing up, and you know what they're doing? They're chasing the next two generations and their wallets. And the way you attach to those wallets is by being in a space they expect to be in a way they expect you to be there, which means, yeah, you got to get your point across, not in 700 words of written content on a web page that let me just clarify this. Most consumers are never going to read a video that's 30 seconds long that shows you this. Think of your own patterns of behavior when you shop online, and I'm going to call out Amazon as an example. So if, if you're international and this example doesn't apply, I'm sure that there are places that are analogous to this. But when you look at a lot of products today, especially when you see the price starting to increase for the product, this doesn't really happen on a $5 or €5 Euro priced item, but it might happen on a $1,000 or a €1,000 Euro priced item you start seeing the seller includes videos because mm -hmm. they know that when the consumer comes in and they are on that page with that product, it's really easy to get them to buy the product if you include the glossy video. Because yep. I'm looking, I've convinced myself that your star rating is good. This is the product I want. Inside joke here between Kim and I, you've checked that serial number so you know it's the microwave, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and, and I think that inside joke is applicable to everyone. You understand here how crazy it can be when one digit changes in a serial number and you've got a completely different product. Um, and, um, and the reality then is you watch the video not only to educate yourself about the product, but to make you feel good about the high dollar purchase you're about to make. Mm -hmm. And you don't leave the page. You put it in your cart, you follow through, and now the product's yours. It's not about I had to buy it in that location. It was about when I woke up this morning, I identified a problem. I had questions. I needed answers. I wanted to solve my problem. Buying this object makes me feel good, and I solved my problem, and that video really helped me. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of that happening, and TikTok is shortening timeframes. So you've got about 30 seconds to deal with now. Uh, if you look at YouTube, um, maybe got six seconds to capture someone's attention. I mean, we've all seen this. 
go watch a YouTube video and they'll do a pre-roll ad and you'll be six seconds in and the option to skip the ad will come up and they still haven't told you the name of the business or what the product is. They're still scrolling across the mountain stream that looks so beautiful. You've no <laughs> idea what the ad is for and you've skipped it. What a tremendous waste of advertising money. Yeah. Like, you know, oh. so these things are real, right? That content is incredibly important. It's what makes you an authority on a topic. It's what makes other people say you're the expert is all of that content, all that detail. And those are two incredibly important things to a search engine today. And, and you know, I, when you said that, I think the key thing that you said right now is to think about the, the journey, the customer journey, okay? Yes. You know, it, the, I, I think that's key. And just to let you know, uh, on my experience, they had a generic video, a video of a, some other Exactly. You don't know that. So, uh, <laughs> and it, it was crazy. But, anyways, I think I think that's a really important point to take away from here because because we do, you know, I also looked at measurements, which were not, you know, but which mm -hmm. were there after you click through 10 times. Okay. So right. at least I have the measurements. Okay. Right. But, um, but you know, to, to, for our listeners and for the enterprises out there and the marketing managers, and this is a great way to approach the content, you know, think yourself, what you, what would you do? How, what would your journey look like if you were exactly. buying a microwave or anything? So Dwayne, um, we're, we're going to take a short break. And when we All come right. back, I want to, I want to talk about the kind of core web vitals, okay? Because that, that's really yes. important for enterprises to know. You know, we know content's important. What else is important? What else are search mm -hmm. machines looking for, okay? And for our listeners, we are talking with Dwayne Forrester, and he's the vice president of Insights for Yext. And Yext is a leading New York City technology company. Actually, they're worldwide. They have offices in Europe, in London, in Zurich, in Asia. They're all over, and they do brand management. And Dwayne has also 25 years' experience in search and social fields. Um, he's worked well in marketing and PR with Caesars Palace. He's run his own websites, communities, consultancy, and he worked nine years with Microsoft and Bing. So when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about Core Web Vitals. But in the meantime, if you want to reach out to Dwayne, you can reach out to him on LinkedIn under Dwayne Forrester, on, on Twitter under Dwayne Forrester, and he has his own website, www.dwayneforrester.com. And if you'd like to learn more about Yext, then go to www.yext.com. And Yext is on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda. If you'd like to learn more about Cinda, please go to www.cinda.org. And they're having another conference on digital in October 18th, 16th to 18th in Florence, Italy, where the X team will be present. And if you'd like to meet the X team, then go to www.cindanot.org and sign up for this great conference in Florence, Italy, where Yex will also be hosting a extravagant gala evening on the 18th of October in the middle of Florence. For that, we're going to take a short break right now, and we'll be right back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and today we're we're talking about uh, businesses and what you know what's important for businesses to have on the web because consumers have really changed their behavior and um, and they're they're have different expectations today than they had 24 months ago or even one year ago. And we're talking with an expert in this area. We're talking with Dwayne Forrester and he's the vice president of industry insights for Yaxt. And Yaxt is one of New York City's leading technology companies operating in online brand management. So Dwayne, we've been talking, you know, we talked about this content which is just so important because the search machines want that content. Um, but that's not the only thing they look at, okay? Um, what right. else What else do they look at? Yeah, okay. So way to go, Kim. You just opened the largest bucket and everything's <laughs> going to come out now. So, um, so, you know, look, if folks were with us earlier, they heard, they heard us talking about content and how it's important and a couple of different format ideas and, and you know, changing – um, uh, attention spans and whatnot. Um, you know, uh, having all that content is great and you do have to have it. There are no shortcuts here. Um, but you have to do a lot of technical work on your website. And the, the best way that I can phrase this for folks is, um, I, there's a, there's a test tool that Google offers. It's a free test tool. It's the Google page speeds insight test. And what it allows you to do is just take a URL, put it in, hit go, and then it comes back with a report and it gives you a score of how Google scores that page. Now you can do it for your own website, you can do it for competitors, whatever you like, they'll show you that data. Now this is critical because that data 
is what's known as some of what you're going to see in there and the score that is generated, the scores out of 100. Um, most of the businesses that I talk to and look at their scores are shocked to find themselves 8, 15, maybe 30 out of 100. And these are not good scores. I think we can all agree that something that's, you know, that low out of 100 when 100 is the goal is problematic. Um, but I'll come back to that in a second because I don't want people to panic when they go in and they look and they see themselves scoring a seven and they're like, oh, I'm terrible at this. What do I do? <laughs> um, the what do you do part is actually really easy because as you continue to look down the page, Google's going to give you a long list of things that it's seeing that's causing that score to be what it is. It's not everything. You can have a really bad reputation and really bad reviews. This test captures none of that. And that could be dragging you down in your rankings. Mm -hmm. However, for the purposes of this, it's a really good snapshot of how your technical SEO is working out. And this is going to include stuff like, um, you know, how fast something loads up on a, on a phone, which I think we can all agree <clears throat> is really important. I mean, none of us wants to be tapping on our phone on a phone number for 43 seconds while the phone number is not clickable to then eventually find in second 44, your patience is rewarded with a clickable phone number. <laughs> like no one's going to, after yeah. four seconds, you're gone, right? And the the beauty and beast of Google is that it will give you what it believes is the best answer. But if that best answer is having a bad day, then you can immediately bounce back and find the next best answer. And you're happy to do that. Because, again, you are focused on solving your problem, not anybody else's, not your mm -hmm. telephone carrier, not your data <laughs> provider. You don't care about Google's problems. You don't care about the retailer's problems. Supply chain doesn't matter to you. You just want your problem solved. That's it. Um, so, so as we're looking at the core web vitals, you're going to see a lot of this information is very detailed and Google's going to tell you point by point the things you need to do. It's easy to get the information. I won't lie to you. It's a lot of work to fix it all. And <laughs> you have to do the work. Again, no shortcuts. You have to prioritize what's important how you save load time on your page, for example. It could be that you've got a lot of unused JavaScript in there and you've got to go talk to your programmers and say, we need to spend the next three months, typically called a sprint in the developer's cycles, mm -hmm. we need to spend the next sprint cleaning up unused JavaScript. And if we do that, that could save an average of two seconds for every page to load. Now, that might not seem like a big deal, but if you ran that same report on your competitor and you saw that their page load score was a little bit lower than yours, a little bit worse than yours, and you suddenly jumped forward on that one metric, it could change Google's mind on which one of you ranks number one. Uh -huh. So one, two little things can have big impacts for you. So it's absolutely worth going through all of that technical work. Um, and it's like, like I say, the, the test is freely available. You can go do it. It's a lot of manual stuff, but it's important stuff. Now, what's really important about it, and again, I'm going to touch on this concept of a meta layer here. This is Google's attempt to quantify the user experience. Now, Kim, look, you and I will land on a web page and we'll immediately, almost instinctively, we will know good, bad, useful, not useful. Mm -hmm. in, 
a vast number of choices. Okay. Sometimes we got to go through it. We got to look at it and that's all fine. But generally the human mind is better at getting to this conclusion much faster than computers are. <laughs> and the flip side is when, when I come in and I notice this, I will then start forming like kind of my feeling of the brand. The more I touch that brand, the more whatever my feeling was gets reinforced or reconstructed. Google, on the other hand, relies on data like this, quantifiable in, in specific areas, data points that allow them to say, here's a score for every one of these, and they all ladder up to a larger score that's an average across things. And that gives you an idea of I'm improving, I'm not improving. So definitely dig in on that. But, but wait, there's more. Because that's only one part of that equation, right? That technical side, that's one part of the equation. Another really important part of that equation, it's going to be your online reputation management. <sighs> Review management, I get it. I'm with you. Bad reviews are soul-sucking. You don't want to have to deal with them. They give you nightmares. You hate getting in your car or on the subway and going to work because you face bad reviews and you have to answer these people. But you have to because Google pulls ranking data from that information. They're watching to see, are you answering those questions? How long does it take you to answer those questions? Was the answer satisfactory? Was the complexity of the question addressed in the answer? All of these things and more are what Google's looking for in your engagement. And many, many times, it's not about answering the question or satisfying that customer who left that negative review. It's about being seen to do something. Mm -hmm. That gives you a lot of credit because, you know, at some point I, I hate to go against, you know, conventional wisdom, but sometimes the customer is not right. Sometimes the customer is crazy. <laughs> it happens. Yes, it does happen. And, yeah. yeah. And so like in those instances, while you should always strive to be professional and, you know, upfront and transparent with customers, the fact that you're engaging is in and of itself telling a positive story. Mm -hmm. So you need to have what are known as service level agreements, um, SLAs. Basically, it's a promise. So your SLA, your promise to a customer, you're not going to publish this anywhere. This is internal. This is just for you to hold yourself accountable to, is you're going to hit 80% of your reviews in 24 hours. Well, that's really important too, right? So that type of period and that volume those are things that tell the search engine and consumers they're being heard, that mm -hmm. you care. It's when you let it go a week or a month or you don't respond, then you've essentially said to Google, when somebody complains, I don't care. So why would Google put you at the top of results when it knows someone may have a bad experience with you at the next step of their journey? Google mm -hmm. won't do that. They will simply say, we're going to put your competitor there because the competitor responds to people. Mm -hmm. So all of these things come into play, right? So you have to hit the content. You have to do all of that. A lot of work there. You have to do your technical stuff. A lot of work there. But you also have to do your reputation management. And it's it's not just the review management portion of it. That's important. I mean, Google has a filter for the word best. And if you do a query, because none of us go looking for mediocre pizza or mediocre Chinese food, right? <laughs> we always want best. Let's be clear about that. Um and when you do that, it automatically filters for four-star or higher ratings mm -hmm. in wherever the map region is. So consumers are driving that. 
Google has picked up on it. Google has supported it. So now businesses need to strive. If you've got any location that's below four stars, your number one thing to fix mm. is why is it below four stars? And if that's your customer service is bad, your employees need training, the information they need isn't available, whatever it is, you need to fix that so that those reviews trend over four stars and ideally would continue to go up. Along with that, we're now starting to scratch the surface of online reputation management, which is the larger umbrella under which all of this falls. Mm -hmm. Because this is now getting into things that I mentioned earlier, like what do you do socially as a company? What do you support? How do you support the communities that you're in or the community you're in if you're a small business? All of these things now start to become important signals. And it's not like you have to do a whole lot, right? Like a lot of small businesses, I know my... Uh, my local um, uh, insurance provider, for example, um, he sponsors a number of, um, I'll call it soccer teams here. I know it is football, um, but they, he sponsors them at, at, you know, like the four to 12 leagues, those, those age groups, he sponsors those teams because look, it's a business write off for him. It's a great way to have his logo out there and it takes the financial burden off the organizers of the league. Mm. And it's not that big of a deal to him because he's a successful provider of services in the local community. That actually helps him rank better because he is known in the community and he is supportive of his community. And when I moved here, it didn't really matter to me that he was supportive of the community. I was shopping for the same brand of insurance provider as I had in another state that I lived in. So it was relatively, for me, same brand, proximity to me. Now we're going to talk about how close you are. And this is incredibly important. Google just did a big update here uh, back in, I think, February maybe, uh, called the vicinity update. And one of the two key things that was a part of this was the fidelity of how close Google can put businesses and consumers together. And they can do this extremely well now. Um, Google has what it needs to show pop-up stores the minute they open and the minute they close. Um, Google knows exactly where I'm at. The multiple apps are on my phone from Google. It's tracking my phone. It knows my proximity. It knows whether I'm walking or driving or on the tube or in a bus. It understands all of these things. To be able to craft answers in the localized environment that are the most relevant to me. Mm -hmm. There's no point in telling me about a Chinese food restaurant that I drove past a mile ago when there's one a quarter of a mile in front of me and they both have a 4.5 star rating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I've seen I've seen this. I, I, it has gotten much, much better. Okay, I, yes. I've actually experienced this, um, um, and and it is important. I think you know for this for the locality and. Um, Dwayne, you know, we're, this is this is really good stuff and great insights. Okay, and the repu, you know, the reputation management is so important. Um, but as we get towards the end of the show, I, I want to ask you one question going forward. What do you think um, the most important thing to pay attention to is for marketers um, in the next? I'm not even going to say. 12 months because things change so rapidly. Let's say three months. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to flip that around, Kim, mm -hmm. and I'm going to tell you that people should have been paying attention to this six months ago, six months ago. a year okay. ago. Yep. So, so since I know many haven't, now is the time. <laughs> okay. Now is the time. Okay. 
Um, so you're going to get a two-part answer. The first is user experience. Um, Google is all about this. Bing is all about this. Amazon is all about this. Every large retailer is all about it. Um, I want everyone to go to uh, the two major search engines that we have in North America, Google and Bing. Take a look at their home pages. Take a look at their layout. Take a look at what they give you. And then ask a question of it and see what the experience is like. I want you to do that same thing on Amazon's homepage. And I want you to take that same experience and I want you to hit Airbnb with it and ask a relevant question of Airbnb. But I want you to see what they have in common. And what that is, is a giant search box that says, ask me anything and I will give you the right answer. It is about the user's experience. Google has more than enough information to give them great answers, as does Bing, as does Airbnb in their category, as does Amazon as an e-commerce platform. All of this is about user experience. And the other portion of this that is so critical, you have to respect the customer's time. It is the number one thing that they complain about when they say a brand is bad. It's literally the most important thing you can do in a customer's mind is to respect their time. Mm -hmm. Now, how you respect that comes down to being able to answer their questions clearly and quickly. So now we're back to content. We're also back to your technical SEO. Whether they trust you or not in what you're saying, now we're in reputation management, review management. All of it is linked together. If you're in a group that is siloing your different teams within your company, please stop siloing tomorrow. Yeah. I can't stress this enough. That data sharing internally, that information sharing, it's the only way that you will truly understand the customer's journey and be empathetic toward it. And the minute you do that, you will start to see improvements in digital. It's super. Clear. Yeah, great, great last comment, um, Dwayne. Thank you so much for being with us today. Absolutely. Uh, and for our guests, we've been talking to Dwayne Forrester, the Vice President of Industry Insights for Yext. And Yext is one of New York City's leading technology companies operating an online brand management. If you'd like to get hold of Dwayne, he's on LinkedIn under D Forrester and on Twitter. And he has his own website, DwayneForrester.com. And if you'd like to learn more about Yext, Go to www.yex.com, and Yex is on all social media also. So reach out to them. And you can also meet the Yex team in Florence, Italy, October 16th to 18th at the Cinda conference. And if you'd like to learn more about Cinda, go to www.cinda.org. And thank you so much for, Jelaine, for being with us today. And listeners, thank you so much for listening in. Tune in next week, 3 p.m. Pacific time. Until then. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.